Ever since the hobbits threw the ring into that stupid volcano, I've needed a new one. I go to rogintel.com slash Amazon and I order my new processes. Go! Go! Hi, this is Renee. And this is Kim. And this is Round Trip. So excited for today's episode. We've got something very special for you. Some great information from one of our awesome Travel Squad members. Travel Squad. Uh, uh. Mm-hmm. So we are <laughs> pleased to introduce Kyra. Hello. And claps. <laughs> Welcome Thank you for having me. Yes, we are very happy to have you here. Thank you for joining us on this this early morning. <laughs> <laughs> Since we all live in different time zones, there was a significant amount of coordination necessary right. for this. <laughs> That's right. We made it work. As we always do. So Renee and I met Kyra on our trip to Italy back in 2010, which was fantastic. And since then, we have taken a lot of trips together actually. and uh, Kyra has had even more adventures without us <laughs> <laughs> sorry no, no, that's... sorry not sorry <laughs> so Kyra tell us a little bit about you and your just kind of your travel experiences um well I've been traveling since uh well internationally anyway since 2008 and I try to go to at least one or two destinations a year if I can. If I'm lucky, you know, um, I can, you know, double that. So um, most of my, predominantly early on, my travel was solo travel. But as I've met friends, such as my travel squad and other people, you know, they turned into group trips. So um, I don't know, travel is just something I love to do. I actually always tell people work is what I do between vacations. So. yeah, I just love it. I don't, you know, I can't get enough. And so one of the unique reasons why we wanted to have Kyra on today is because she also travels with chronic illness. Yes. Um, so actually, probably in 2009, I was diagnosed with um, lupus, which uh, for those that may not know, is an autoimmune disease where essentially my immune system attacks healthy organs and tissues, um, symptoms, and um, what most in the lupus community will say, will call flares, um, you know, manifest themselves in different ways. Uh, For myself, it manifests in rashes on my face and body, um, swelling, joint pain, muscle aches, fatigue, photosensitivity, and so on. Um, And particularly in the last year, it's manifested them itself in um, a couple of more serious um, symptoms that I'm working with specialists to manage. Um, But I haven't, fortunately, I haven't let it stop me from traveling. I've just learned how to listen to my body better. um, And so that, you know, I don't have to stop doing what I love. 
exactly. And in addition to just being an all around awesome person who is super fun to travel with, thank you that you're able to, (laughs) um, you know, do these things and be in these situations that could sometimes be stressful. Um, you know, travel's not always, everything didn't always go as you plan. Um, sometimes there is stress involved, which can definitely, you know, especially for someone with lupus, can incite flares or aggravate flares or, you know, really have take a toll on your health, you're still able to really get out there and enjoy travel and travel more than anybody I think I know. Yeah. You know, she's always I try. <laughs> so let's get into the travel squad questions. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Kyra, what has been your favorite travel experience? There are, oh my God, there's so many. Um, I don't know if I can pick just one. However, if I look at it from the perspective of one that I didn't expect to become a favorite, um, it would be my first time in Florence, Italy. Uh, I went for the first time in uh, 2009 and, you know, my friends had talked it up so much that I was like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to love it. I already love Italy anyway, but I stepped out of the train station. I'm like, this is it. I was not impressed. (laughs) I'm like, okay, we're, we're going to be here for three more days. And, um, I'm just like, okay, let's make the best of it. And then we'll move on to Rome. So, you know, we're, you know, doing the, the typical exploring Florence and, the David and everything like that. And it wasn't until we went to this restaurant, which was recommended by a friend. And I don't know if it's still there. It's called um, Tredici Gobi. And we had the most wonderful meal. Um, the waiter was fantastic. And after his shift, he actually drove us around Florence at night, you know, around midnight and took us up to, um, I can't remember what it's called, but where you can, you can overlook the city and it was fantastic. It was like the best night. It totally cemented Florence is like a favorite spot. And by the time it was time to go, I did not want to leave. So, and I have returned there. I've taken friends up to that point. They've loved it. And, um, it is a city I would go back to over and over again now. And who that was, that was the worst travel experience turned into the best travel experience story. I like that. Like you it. know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it the, I do have a worst though. Okay. <laughs> I definitely Uh-oh. have a worst. Um, that makes me curious. Yeah. Go ahead, should, tell us, go ahead and tell us about that worst travel experience. Okay. So, um, this was, uh, this was returning from Germany. I had done, I had done a tour with Black Girl Travel. And then, um, when that tour ended, I did an, ex- did my own add on to Prague and Budapest where, met, you know, a couple of our travel squad, Krista and Stacy, but I had to fly back through uh, Munich via Berlin to get back to the States. And once I was in Berlin, they um, made an announcement that the flight was delayed. It was only supposed to be delayed an hour. I was like, okay, fine. I have a four hour connection, you know, in JFK to get, you know, take my flight back to San Francisco. And that one hour delay turned into a four hour delay and I just watched that connection disappear. Oh man! And um, that was that was my first time I actually kind of felt 
panicked a little bit, but I was like, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. You know, the, the airline will help because it was a mechanical, it was a mechanical issue. So I'm like, you know, it'll be fine. So then, um, we get on the plane, we finally take off. By the time we get to JFK, I have 15 minutes to catch my next flight. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if I can make this happen. Um, Needless to say, you know, waiting for my my baggage, a baggage claim, ate up any chance I had. So I go up to the Air Berlin counter. They basically, you know, refused to offer any hotel voucher, any any type of help, because by that point, you know, the flight that I missed was the last flight of the night to get back home. Oh, good grief. So I was like, okay, what I was gonna, what was I gonna do? So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll uh, just spend the night in JFK. Um, at that point, I was in an area where there's, there was no seating. So I was like, okay, let me make a place on the floor. After about, you know, 10, 15 minutes, I'm like, this isn't gonna work. So I'm searching mm-hmm. apps, looking for, <laughs> I'm looking for a place to stay, a cheap place to stay. And I think I went through Hotwire, and of course they don't, they don't reveal the actual place until you purchase. Mm-hmm. But the description was like, um, they compared it to like a La Quinta Inn or Comfort Inn, something like that. So I'm like, okay, this isn't bad. And so I go to catch my taxi over there. I get there and I step in there and there's a line of people. It's a line of couples. It's the type of place you go when, you know, you want to rent a room for an hour. The yeah. hookup place, yeah. Okay. And I'm like... Oh, do I want to turn around? And I'm like, I already invested the money. Let's just, let's just do this. And of course, you know, the um, person <laughs> checking in is behind glass. So I'm oh, like, wow. okay, this is okay. Let's, uh, let's make the best of this. <laughs> you know, he gives me a room. I step in there. Of course, you know, I take a nap. It's on top of the bedding. I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm not right. getting, I'm not getting in the bedding. <laughs> and you know, unfortunately, there was a car alarm right outside my window that kept going off every few minutes. Okay. So I'm like, okay, that I'm not going to get very much sleep. When it was time to get up to get back to go to the airport, I was going to take a shower. Yeah, the shower wasn't very appealing, so I did a, a sink bath. Mm-hmm. Um, that was interesting. And then, you know, got dressed. Oh, let me add, um, someone decided to, ha- you know, do a wake and bake too. So, and that seeped into oh. my room. So mm-hmm. it was very, is quite an interesting experience and definitely probably one of the worst and one I don't care to repeat ever again. Um, <laughs> but I will say, I will say, and I can't remember how I heard of this. Someone mentioned it. Um, because of the nature of the delay, I was able to work with a company called AirHelp that did get me some compensation um, for the delay. So oh, that did. I've not heard of that. Yeah, okay. that did soften um, the blow. If you go, they're um, they're called AirHelp. So if you go on there, they tell you they kind of list like you know if you're internationally, if your delay is more than this amount and. Um, you know, it lists everything to kind of help you decide if that's a way that you can go. Right. And, um, you know, fortunately, I, you know, I met the criteria. So yeah, it's, that it's, definitely helped. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good to know. That's good yeah, information good to have. Yep. So next, what is one item you can't travel without? 
One item I can't travel without is my iPod. I absolutely love having music. And a lot of times, um, especially when I'm traveling in between cities, um, later on, if I hear that same song, it puts me right back there. Um, For example, one of Neil's early albums, every time I hear it, you know, I'm back on the train. I'm traveling from Venice to Rome. This was, and this was my, like my first international solo trip abroad. And it always brings a smile to my face because I know exactly where I was, what I felt. And it just, it just brings back some great memories. So I always have to have music with you. You have a travel soundtrack. Not particularly. I just go with, you know, what I'm in the mood for, but you know, when I'm back home and I happen to hear that song, mm-hmm. you know, it puts me back. I remember where I heard it when I was traveling. So, yeah, it creates a great memory. If you could travel with one celebrity, who would it be? Uh, one celebrity, probably because this is the one I saw most recently, be Beyonce, actually. Beyonce yeah. seems like she'd be fun to travel with. I think she would. I mean, there's, you know, there's this... You know, she knows how to turn up in her concerts. You know, I'm, I think it would probably translate into vacation. Um, I, I'm definitely curious. I wonder if she would be like, because she has to be so on all the time. If yeah. she's one of these vacationers who just like lays and wants to just like be like a bump on a log. I could hang with that too. You know, I mean, I I'm, I'd be on vacation with Beyonce. Why not? True that. And, <laughs> and Blue Ivy imagine- too. And just imagine you'll be laying in some really, really nice, like, 2,000 throw count sheets. Because <laughs> yeah. you're with Beyonce. <laughs> On yeah. yachts. On yachts, exactly. Yeah. No Jay-Z, though. Or he, he, can, can he, can, he can be somewhere else. No, this is... What if you bring This would be a friends? girl's trip. <laughs> well, what if you bring some single friends? Okay. That could work. <laughs> How could <laughs> I turn <laughs> Yeah, time is fun too, but we can we can sprinkle a little couple fellows in there. Sure, of course. If you had one piece of advice for someone who maybe was taking their first trip, what would that piece of advice be? I would say um, be flexible. I think that's a common piece of advice that most would give, but I'll turn that into definitely plan. But I like to say plan for spontaneity Um, because you can have you can have an idea of what you want to do, what kind of itinerary you want to have, but also stay flexible within that, that if that doesn't work out, you know that there's something else that you can do in its place and not let it ruin your vacation, not let it ruin your time um, while you are where you are and um, you can still have a great time. So that would that probably be the advice I give. Nice. Yeah. And now it's time for our final question. Okay. If aliens were to come to Earth and they found you and they said, Kyra, you must show us why we should not destroy the Earth. You have one opportunity to save the world. Where would you take them? Wow. And yes, aliens are British. <laughs> just FYI. I'm not going to say anything, did, they have but a, I kind of They have a slight <laughs> British accent. So. I didn't know that. Practicing. That's a good piece yeah, of information. Right. Okay. Um, Wow, that's a tough one. Um, I might just take them, you know, in my own city, take them to the Golden Gate Bridge. I don't know. that. Wow, that's, there's so many options. 
The Golden Gate Bridge is a great idea. That, that's showing what, the yeah. modern marvels. Like, look what we we can do. Look what humans have accomplished. That does that does jump out at me because it's in you know it's where I live. Um, it's in my city. So um, yeah, let's go with that. Sweet, sweet, very nice. Hopefully, that will be enough that they wouldn't want to destroy the earth. Me and my and my kind disposition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Perhaps you saved us all. Thank you. You're very welcome. Anytime. So with that, you are officially inducted into our travel squad. Yay. There are annual dues. We'll let you know about that later. (laughs) Oh, I don't do dues. Can we work out something else? We can work out something else. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lincoln, one of the hosts of Remedial Radio. We bring you interviews with local bands and entertainers in a relaxing and soothing atmosphere. You many jokers? Eat it, eat it, eat it. Someone, no, oh! oh! ate a cricket. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and he's washing oh! it down with a beer. That drummer oh! just ate a cricket. We strive to give a professional sounding podcast. I've hit the fing toilet bowl. I'm shing my head off <laughs> as I'm singing. Whilst maintaining a level of sobriety and dignity second only to the Queen herself. Apparently. Oh, Jesus Whoa. Christ. <laughs> They'll take eyes out them bastards. You can find our podcast by jumping on www.rogintel.com slash remedial. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 oh, what the hell? Did you hear that? <laughs> and we're back. So. <laughs> so, Kyra, the first thing I would like to ask you being a well-traveled single woman and all, <laughs> um, what is, exactly attracts you to your particular travel destinations? Like you've gone to a ton of places. Oh my God, <laughs> a ton of places. And all of them are beautiful and you seem to have a wonderful time. So when you sit down on October 2nd and you're like, hey, I'm going to go somewhere next month. How exactly is that decision made? Like when do you decide what time of year or... Is there a particular time of year? Did you like to travel? Like what exactly kind of puts you into, into that mode and you start to choose your destinations? Um, I think first off, I'm very visual. So I'm inspired by photos mm-hmm. I see. And um, a great example is um, at one point I had seen this beautiful picture of the white temple in um, uh, Chiang Rai. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and I knew I had to go there and that set, that kind of set, um, I would say my focus for when the opportunity to travel to Thailand came up and I threw in, Hey, why don't, you know, you guys want to check this out? Um, and they were down for it. So, and so we went, so that's, that's usually where I start with a, with a picture, um, you know, if, if I if I know I want to see it for myself, then of course I you know I, I look into the best time of year to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I start researching prices, and um, you know every now and then I'll throw out to people if they they want to join. Usually the timing doesn't work for them, so I just plan. And if people can join later, great. If not, you know I'm perfectly fine with traveling on my own. Um, Do you find that most places? when you get there that they live up to the picture? 
Um, I would say for the most part, they, they do actually. I would, yeah, I would say that the temple um, is a great example of that. I definitely, it's definitely more stunning in person, um, in my opinion. Um, the time of year that I went, though, they were doing some, what they they were doing a little bit of renovation on part of it. So I wasn't able to get, you know, the picture I had in my mind that I wanted to get when I was there. But otherwise, it was fantastic. And um, I felt fortunate enough to be able to go because not too long after that, they did suffer an earthquake. So um, the temple did suffer quite some damage. Wow. Um, yes. That they're still recovering from, I believe. A lot of your trips, I noticed, um, take place not necessarily on or off season. Um, how do you exactly, like, allocate your vacation time? Because, you know, sometimes everybody don't have a lot of vacation. So they kind of plan their trips around, like, holidays where, you know, you had that extended weekend or that extra, you know, day in the middle of the week. So mm-hmm. how exactly do you like allocate your time because you're a working professional you have a job yes and so how do you stretch that time or I mean or you may be in a better situation where you don't have to but I don't know tell us about well, that <laughs> well initially <laughs> initially um I I stockpiled all my vacation days I didn't go anywhere and it got to the point where I maxed out so I was like I better plan some trips and that was like the point of no return <laughs> ever since then I haven't been able to to like keep a balance so usually so nowadays um you know I still earn a certain amount of hours per month and I try to spread out my vacation so I at least have enough for a short trip um great you know idea is using them around weekends or holidays to kind of extend um the time that you have um, which is what I have to do now. So, you know, I miss not having all the all that vacation time, but I wouldn't change anything because, you know, I've absolutely loved all the travel that I've done. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just being nosy because I'm like, how the hell is she doing all these trips? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. People, I feel like I'm always at work. <laughs> right. I want to travel like island. you. <laughs> I know people What's do happening? ask me, do you ever work? But early earlier on, it's because I had, you know, I had five weeks of vacation time um, stocked up and I had okay. to use it so that I could continue to accumulate more. Okay. So that's why it seemed like I was always on a plane. <laughs> We Even just, when I we, was always on a plane. We just met you at the, <laughs> at the sweet spot, like right when you were trying to start. Right. Using yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, I was, I was fortunate, not everybody is, but I was fortunate enough, especially um, when I took a one, one month trip to Paris, it was over, it was over the holiday. Our company does um, shut down between Christmas and New Year's. So we do get that time off paid. Um, which I'm very grateful for. And um, I decided to make that an opportunity to take my first trip to Paris. And um, knowing that at that time, anyway, the beginning of the year was typically slow in terms of work. I extended an extra week. And um, when I reached out to the person from whom I was renting an apartment, they said, you know, it's only this much more if you add one more week. So I went to my boss and I said, Hey, you know, would I be able to, you know, I don't want to burn any more vacation days, but can I use this time to work remotely 
she said fine. So I was on it. Nice. So that's, you know, not everybody gets that chance. And unfortunately, that's not an opportunity I have now. So I'm glad I took advantage of it then. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's an idea, too. Some people can work remotely, you know, even as a working professional with a job that requires you to be in the office. You have an opportunity to have some remote days, you know, especially kind of jam- pack that on to a, um, a weekend. You know, that's one way to extend your travels. I wish I could do more of that now, but um, my job requires me to be in the office a lot more. Okay, so Kyra, let's talk a little bit about traveling with chronic illness. I know one of the most important things that I see when I'm reading about, you know, other travelers who are dealing with chronic illness is that rest and routine are integral to making sure you stay healthy while you travel. Can you talk a little bit about what you do to make sure that you get enough rest and stay within a routine? Well, I definitely try to get enough rest before the trip. Not always successful with that, but I definitely do try that. In terms of while I'm traveling, I just try to make sure um, to listen to my body. I let my body dictate how much I can do, um, how far to push it, and, um, you know, take those cues when when I need to slow down. So it does, it does come down to making sure I get enough sleep, that I'm staying hydrated, that I'm taking my medication. Um, and those, those things typically allow me to, you know, to enjoy my travel experience more. Um, if I'm traveling with anyone, I do let them know, especially if it happens to coincide with a flare, um, just so they have understanding. And I also let them know, if there's anything I can't participate in, they, I'm not going to, it's not going to hinder them. So, you know, I don't want to put any stress on anyone I'm traveling with. Um, but I just let them know what I may be dealing with and, um, and that, you know, I know how to manage it, but that I won't let it ruin, um, the time that we have. Something happens where you no longer have your medication. How do you make sure you can get more or, fi- or have any type of access to getting more if you need mm-hmm. to? Um, well, fortunately, I haven't run into that. So I really can't speak from a place of, of having been in a situation where I've, you know, lost or, or you know, or run out of medication. Um, fortunately, you know, I'm able to plan ahead of time and I bring enough with me and, you know, I haven't, there haven't been any incidents where I've, where I have been without and have had to find replacements in, in the country, which I'm traveling in. Um, but I definitely would advise to like speak with a doctor and know what the equivalent is. Um, if it's, especially if it's not under the same name in a different country so that, you know, if I needed to replenish that I can. And have you had any incidents where maybe you needed a vaccination for the country you were traveling to, but that it may affect your health negatively? Yeah, actually, um, one of the first times that has come up is this year. Matter of fact, um, it was for a trip I was supposed to take to Bolivia and um, the vaccination that was required was the yellow fever vaccine and in speaking with my doctor, it's I learned it's um, it's contra it's a contraindication 
to my condition and the medication I'm taking. So um, it was strongly advised against um, getting that vaccination. And um, I ended up, I ended up not getting it. And mm-hmm. I wasn't able to take the trip after all, not because of that, mm-hmm. but because of this is the one time where um, a, a serious flare has prevented me from taking a trip. Okay. Um, so that's the first, you know, that's happened to me. But um, yeah, I don't know, you know, I would probably have to, I would definitely find out from my doctors early on as possible for the destination I'm going to, you know, what vaccinations are needed. Um, You know, when I, when I did go to um, South Africa, however, you know, I had to get um, my HEP, is it the HEP A and B? This was so long ago. I can't remember. I had to get those vaccinations. I had to get the um, malaria pills. Um, So I didn't, fortunately I didn't experience any side effects. Mm -hmm. Um, with my condition or medication. So that was fine. But apparently there's something with the yellow fever vaccine vaccine that um, would have been more detrimental than not. And me. don't you get the yellow fever vaccine like six months before you travel? Is that correct? You, you can, but you, I think the recommendation was at probably at least a few, up to a few weeks before, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I only say that because I, I, you know, kind of put it off until the last minute, um, having been distracted by other things. So um, by the time I realized, oh, man, I, you know, I need to do this, um, I had probably about four, four to six weeks before the trip um, was going to occur in which to get the vaccine. Right. I think it was when I went to China, I was supposed to get maybe typhoid, a typhoid vaccination or something, mm-hmm. but it was, I was supposed to have it like a long time before. Cause I called the doctor like the week before and I was like, Hey, and she was like, no, no <laughs> <laughs> you, you missed it. <laughs> so I couldn't pet any cows or anything, play with chickens. It was really sad. Uh, I don't think you should be petting cows. <laughs> I don't think that should happen. No. <laughs> Poor cows. <laughs> So that brings up uh, my next question about travel insurance. I know I personally have only purchased travel insurance once, and that was when I went to China because it just seemed like that, you know, if something something extreme could happen, I was really far away, I would probably need it. But what's your general um, thoughts on purchasing travel insurance for yourself and what would your recommendations to others be? And what are and it, and what are some, if any, things that people need to know before they travel? they purchase travel insurance? Um, I'm a relative travel insurance newbie, I will say, um, because for the earlier part of my travels, I went without um, travel insurance and sort of fly by the seat of my pants. It was, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And, um, but then, you know, it's, it's like, it's like getting um, the, the flu shot, you know, I don't get it because I feel like once I get it, I'm going to get the flu. So I'm like, you know, this has worked for me so far. But I will say that this year in particular has made me realize the importance of having it. Um, I have had it for smaller trips, um, but this was the first year that I got it for um, a major international trip. And um, 
And it's definitely made me a believer. I'm actually going to be looking into getting an annual policy Hmm. uh, so that I don't run into, yeah, the situation I'm dealing with now is, you know, I got it for my Bolivia trip and because I couldn't take it, you know, so I'm in the process of, of trying to get the reimbursement processed, um, which because of the challenges with that has led me, you know, to say that let's just get an annual policy. It's going to be in place. I don't have to have to worry about it. Um, but yeah, previously I would have said, eh, but now, you know, I would highly recommend it because you just, nowadays you just don't know what's going to happen and you definitely want to be prepared, you know, from baggage lays, you know, again, I've, you know, now that I've experienced that as well to, you know, to the point where, um, or, or trip delays, you know, for example, my Berlin coming back from Berlin, um, I think it's, it's essential to have it. Well, I will say, let me add on to that. So I will say, um, what I look, you know, I try to look for these days, the best, um, coverage for, especially the things that are more likely to happen, which is, um, potentially trip, 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 let me start over Mm -hmm. trip cancellation, um, you know, baggage delays, damage or loss. Um, and now medical too, um, given that, that I had to cancel a trip for that very reason. Um, so I'm still, again, you know, I haven't mastered, um, travel insurance just yet in terms of choosing the right policy and making sure, you know, it's everything I need, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's a learning, learning process for me. Well, definitely as you are figuring this out. And once you've kind of made a decision, we'd love to have you back to talk about just, you know, kind of what the process was, um, why you picked one of the uh, one over the other. Hopefully you'll never have to use it. So we won't have to have you back after that. So, um, but yeah. we would love to, to hear just kind of about what your experience will be once you've selected a travel insurance provider, especially for an Absolutely. annual plan. Yes. Our next segment is our carry on segment, Kyra. And this is a segment that we discuss books or technology or electronics or anything that you take on your trips when you travel that makes your experiences more comfortable or it helps you get around better or anything like that. So do you have any particular thing that you like to discuss as part of our carry on segment? Uh, Of course. Um, There are usually a couple of things I always take with me. Um, which is my iPad, um, my iPod, and my camera. Those are usually the three things I never travel without. And, um, of course, as I just discussed previously, I love having my iPod for music. Um, I, I use my iPad, um, you know, if I can ever connect to Wi-Fi, you know, I use it to do research or, you know, staying in contact with family back home. I also have my Kindle app on there. So I do have my library books to read if I want to. I usually, lately I find though that I haven't done as much reading um, as I thought, but I like to have that just in case. And and then of course my camera, because I love, I love taking photos. Um, so yeah, those are the items I definitely always travel with. Kimberly, do you have anything for our carry-on segment today that you'd like to share? I do. 
actually, the past few weeks, I have been doing something that I almost never do. I've been reading books. <laughs> and not like <laughs> I never read, but I've been reading like actual physical books. Like, okay, I, I have not actually bought a physical book other than like a school book in forever. So I actually bought two physical books. <laughs> It's and so funny because I just bought two books the other day too, like see, a couple of weeks ago. I bought two books. We're we're just the same person, just living. I know in different it's places. so weird. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we are twins from different mothers. <laughs> but so I'm currently reading "Everybody Writes" by Anne Handley. It's just about um, being a writer and how to improve your writing skills, how to get yourself writing regularly. Um, which is something I'm trying to do. And then the other book is George Washington on Leadership by Richard Brookheiser, which, yeah, I know is kind of a random book for me. It just means you've been listening to a lot of Hamilton. I've been listening to a lot of Hamilton. I have. (laughs) And and the whole George Washington thing just has been very interesting to me. And um, this book about leadership is just taking, you know, lessons, um, from George Washington's experience from his life um, and teaching you how to, or not teaching you, but just kind of giving examples of how um, not to sweat the small stuff, how to delegate, um, how to find, how to notice innovation, how to change the world and the way it's written. And so it kind of tells a George Washington story and then makes it relevant. So it's, 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 I think it's really well written and I've really been enjoying it. So if you are on a long flight and you're tired of reading romance novels and mystery novels, check out some, some learning. Uh, <laughs> some okay. Learning. <laughs> I'll keep, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Get some heavy reading in like, there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Improve yourself. <laughs> what about you, Renee? Um, I'm always reading. I already have too many books on, on the hopper, but, um, I have had very little time <laughs> to concentrate on anything outside of my project management <laughs> study book. So if you're in the need of something to put you to sleep, I would ah. suggest that you pick up <laughs> the PMP um, book of body of knowledge, <laughs> which will put you to sleep quickly. And then, and then turn around and take the test and you may pass. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's pretty much been my life. Well, the benefit of that, though, is reading before bed. You might retain the information better, don't you think? Yeah, and it actually does yeah. work. So I tend to do, like, two hours towards the end of the day, like, right before I'm about to go to sleep. I would study, and I'll, I'll just read a couple of chapters. And it actually does help. So that part, science does work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that part works. Yeah. All right. I, well, Yeah, I don't have any book recommendations. Um so okay. can't help can't help you there. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps up our show today. Kyra, we just want to say thank you very much for joining us today. You have provided some excellent information and lots of fun stories, and we really appreciate you sharing that with us. And also uh, let us know where you're going next so we can hop on. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been fun. Thank you so much. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at Roundtrippod, Facebook at Roundtrippod, and Snapchat 
at Round Trip Pod. Although we don't really do anything on Snapchat because I just get bored with it. I mean, I can't. What can I do? What can I say? <laughs> what can I say? All right, Renee. All right. We'll talk to you All next right. time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.